Hello everybody, my name is Ben Schluter and welcome to this, the 29th episode of the Two Point Conversion this season. Yes, this is a little later, please don't ask why, let's just say that I completely forgot my computer when going back up to my apartment in Baton Rouge. Anyway, um, so yeah, so the Saints have won! They beat the Panthers! They finally won a game in the Superdome against a team that wasn't the Bucks. So that's a thing. Um... Yeah, the Saints won in what can only be described as a very, very ugly fashion. Beating the Carolina Panthers 18-10. And despite the way we played in that game, no, that was not because of six field goals. No, we actually scored a touchdown. Can you guess what happened next? We missed the extra point. I forgot. We hadn't missed an extra point in a while. Because we hadn't kicked one in a while. Let's go to the offense, in fact, to start with this game. The Saints scored a touchdown for the first time in 11 quarters. In over 160 minutes of game time. Wh what? Yeah. That is not a joke. The last team that had given up a touchdown to the New Orleans Saints was the Jets. Who have a defense. I don't know how this is possible, but the New Orleans Saints scored more points on the New York Jets than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by two because of that last touchdown we scored. I just find that funny considering what we've done in recent weeks. Um, Yeah, you look at the stats, you had Taysom Hill back in the starting lineup. Uh, let's just start with the obvious. So we only had one starter on the offensive line that was from the beginning of the season. And it's Cesar Ruiz. So basically we had no starters on the offensive line that were actually of any really high quality. Yeah. Will Clapp started at center. Uh, Ruiz stayed at right guard. I thought they should have put him at center. But I guess they didn't want to do that considering he was the only continuity they had. And why would you, you know, break that? Which I actually 100% agree with. Like, yeah, this is the one guy that we actually know can play I'm trying to put this in such a way where I don't want to like destroy the dude because I've seen guys do terribly the first two years and then randomly explode in their third year not offensive linemen granted but you know maybe he needs better coaching who knows maybe he needs to do some work I don't know but he needs to get better because he's not doing well the whole offensive line looked disastrous on Sunday. Like, there is no chemistry there, which I wonder why there's no chemistry. It's not like these guys are all backups. Like, you got four backups playing on the offensive line. Yeah, there's probably going to be problems with chemistry, uh, not knowing how to do anything. We are lucky that the Panthers did not have their best uh, pass rushers because that would have ended in an absolute bludgeoning. We would have had no offense. We barely had any. Uh, Taysom Hill finished the day 17 of 28 for 222 yards and a touchdown. He led the team in rushing yards, 12 carries for 45 yards. Marquez Callaway finished the game with six receptions for 97 yards. He led all players. Um, yeah, and by the way, Marquez Callaway, he had six receptions, and then every I think every other target he had that he didn't catch was a drop, except for like one. That was knocked away. And the drops were bad. Like, 
I know I was talking about the offensive line. I need to get to the drops because the, the offensive line, we've already said enough about it. Okay, they have no chemistry. They need to figure out how to do things better. Actually, I really should go back to that. Sorry if I'm a little disjointed, you know. Calm down. Let's get into it. Yes. So, offensive line. Problem was interior. Problem was running the ball up the middle. We couldn't. We just could not do that. Trying to run the ball up the middle didn't work. Trying to run the ball to the outside, yeah, we got stuffed a lot. We finished the game with 88 rushing yards. Oh, I'm sorry. We finished the game with 73 rushing yards on 28 carries. That is an average of 2.6 yards per rush, which is dreadful. You cannot do that. Just as a reminder, I say bare minimum, you need to be finishing with 3.4 yards per carry because that means you are averaging a first down every three carries. 3.4 is still pretty bad, but it's better than... Like, I think that's the cutoff point for where I consider it to be dreadful. And sub-3 is incredibly bad. We were sub-3. What do you think I call that? What, what were... We... I can go on and on and on about how Sean Payton's play calling was kind of stupid at points. Like, genuinely, ridiculously dumb from the inside runs with Camara, where it clearly wasn't working, um, to what else? The flares outside with Camara that didn't work either. Like, there were these couple of runs to the outside. Absolutely no idea what the heck they were doing on that one. A um, couple of times where it's like, what are you doing throwing this? Why weren't there more short passes is my main question. This is a team that is supposed to be predicated on short, quick passes to move the ball down the field. You have a battered offensive line. So what do you do in that instance? You use that and you think about it and you're like, what if the offensive line doesn't have to do so much? What if instead... We just threw short passes. Oh my god, it works! This is what a lot of teams with shaky offensive lines end up doing. Like, it reminds me of the year Kirk Cousins... It was like Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, broke Drew Brees' uh, completion percentage record. And you look at his average yards per attempt, yards per uh, completion, they were pretty low. Why? Because... Their offensive line was pretty shaky. They didn't have much of a run game as a result, so they used short, quick passes in order to move the football. It works. It's effective. It's how we can win games. Yes, we like to run the football, but it's also important to be able to move the football forward, down the field, not backward. And that's what I saw a lot of problems with. Like, oh man, when we, when we were pinned, my goodness gracious, when we got pinned near the end of the first half, um, Sean Payton was calling these weird plays. It was like, bro, we're going to get a safety here. In fact, I'm going to go to the play-by-play -play just really quickly because, yeah. So, off to the right for a loss of one. Then a run with Taysom for no gain. What are you doing? I have no idea. And then a throw deep to Marquez Callaway, which works perfectly because of course it does uh, and then we ended up getting into field goal range and kicking a field goal right before the half big momentum swing but yeah there was that I mentioned drops going back to that 
Callaway had some drops where the ball was right in his hands and just didn't stay there. Like, I'm talking seriously, right in his hands, the ball was stuck in his hands, and then it wasn't. Now, DJ Moore also had the same thing for Carolina. I don't know what happened. But it did. Gotta catch the football. We've had problems with drops all year. It's been a really bad issue. We're one of the worst drop... Uh, we're not, like, top five, but I think we're, like, sixth or seventh in drop rate. That's gonna lose you football games. So don't do it. What else? Oh, yeah. Just the offense in general was not doing anything. We got the ball at, like, the 20-yard line, and we went three and out. We, we force a fumble. We get the ball at the Carolina 13-yard line. We run the ball for no gain, throw a short pass for four yards, and then throw it short to Kamara, and it's incomplete. So a quick three and out at the 13-yard line. What are you doing? What are you doing there? That's not how... What are you... Uh, it's kind of been this way all year, where it's like, what are some of these play calls? Why are we not trying to get the ball moving down the field? Even with Jameis. This happened in the Seattle game. What the hell were we doing in that game? We only won that game because the Seahawks missed two field goals. But our offense looked completely terrible. But then, in the fourth quarter, something magical happened. We scored a touchdown. Basically, short pass to Kamara, and then let Kamara work his magic. And he worked his magic down the sideline touchdown. And then we missed the extra point because we're not allowed to have nice things. Yeah, that wasn't fun. And worst, it it was actually an important extra point because we were up 18 to 10 at that point. We stayed at 18 to 10. Had he made it, been 19 to 10. That's a two possession game. Instead, it's a one possession game. And yes, I know you got to make the two point conversion, but like, still, kind of annoying. But yeah, the offense just, it's it's been ugly, but it's been effective. Like, Taysom Hill still looks like a not incompetent quarterback. Uh, when we move the ball down the field, we can chew some clock. We figured out what we were doing a little bit later in the game. Made a little, made some adjustments. It was pretty good to actually see us making some adjustments. And we got lucky that we weren't playing against the Panthers' best players, because otherwise we'd have lost. Like, Hassan Reddick not being out there really hurt them. Like, let's just be clear about that. Hassan Redick is, like, one of the best players from uh, this free agent class. And I went on a whole ramble about how, like, yeah, Hassan Redick was probably one of the best free agent signings you could have made in the offseason. And you made it. Yeah. But a team with 280 yards usually doesn't win a game. However, when they outgain the other team by 102 yards, they might. Before I get into the defense, quick thing about the special teams other than the whole you missed an extra point thingy. Uh, Brett Maher looked decent. He made his other field goals. Um, got as close to winning that game. He made four field goals on the day. Um, again, if he'd have made that extra point, I think there's a genuine chance he might have been in the running for NFC special teams player of the week. Unless somebody else like did something crazy and I didn't know about it which is totally possible because I didn't follow every kicker. Um, but yeah. 
Uh, there was that punt coverage team. JT Gray being back was awesome. Um, we pinned him inside the 10 at one point, forced him to fair catch. Actually, pinned him inside the 10 a couple of times. We played a, we played uh, at one point a field position battle after an intentional grounding. Oh, did I forget? Oh, actually, before I finish talking about the special teams. No, I'll finish talking about it, and then I'll get into this. Um, pinned him inside there a couple of times after we decided not to kick a long field goal. Um, that ended up working out really well for us because um, defense was playing out of its minds. Um, kickoff coverage team looked good. Overall, it's kind of what I expected. The intentional grounding. I forgot about this until I just thought about it. The refereeing in this game got too a stupid. So basically, here's the thing that happened. So Taysom Hill was in the pocket, and he was about to get sacked. And, as quarterbacks often do, he threw the ball away to avoid the sack. Unfortunately, he was in the pocket, and there was no receiver in the area. That is a foul for intentional grounding. Intentional grounding comes with either a 10-yard penalty or a spot foul penalty, whichever is longer. I mention this because we actually, in fact, if you listen to my two-point conversion uh, from the Jets game, you'll know that I made special mention of this because Zach Wilson got called for intentional grounding and it was a 10-yard penalty, not a spot foul, because he was only like three yards from the line of scrimmage. So that was like really interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so Taysom Hill gets called for intentional grounding and the referees mark the ball off. The problem is they don't have the spot correct. I think they thought it was like a 10 yard penalty or they had the spot wrong, but they put the ball at the 37 yard line. However, it's by the way, spot of the foul is spot from the point of release. The point of release was very clearly the 39-yard line. Now, the difference between the 37 and the 39, huge if you're talking about a long field goal. Like, 50-some-odd yards, those two yards can make all the dis- all the difference. So, of course, if you're the Panthers, you want them to get this correct so that it goes back two yards. The referees, in their sheer incompetence, first of all had to mention that it was fourth down because it comes with a loss of down and it came on third down. You couldn't count to four. You couldn't count up from three. First of all, you couldn't figure that out. Okay. But second of all, they marked the spot at the 37. And Matt Rule had to challenge it. First of all, I didn't know this, but you can challenge the spot of uh, intentional grounding. I guess because it's an objective call. Like, no, you can look on a video and see the exact point at which the ball was released. That is objective fact. It's, I guess, the same thing as like, um, yeah, it's actually probably the same thing as the illegal forward pass. You know, you can check to see if it was or not. So Matt Rule had to challenge that. But Matt Rule got angry and started saying to the refs, I shouldn't have had to challenge this. You should have gotten this correct because you have technology to communicate with New York to get the call correct without me having to waste a challenge. Because him using that challenge put him in a situation where he only had one left, unless he won that challenge, in which case he would have gotten another. That's stupid and dumb. 
it's really inexcusable for that to happen. You have the ability to confer with people in New York who have the video of it. You should be able to get that call correct pretty much immediately. It shouldn't take that long. Take about one or two seconds. You know? You know? Because they buzz down to you. Or you confer with them. Or somebody should know this. That like, hey, wait a minute. Y'all screwed up. And to say it was egregious is an... Well, I would say it's an understatement. But I've seen worse calls in the Superdome, so... But like... You could have looked at the video boards in the Superdome. They're quite large. And you would have seen that it was, in fact, at the 39, not the 37. Heck, you would have at least seen it wasn't the 37, because it was nowhere near the 37-yard line. You could see the 40-yard line. You could see the 39. You could see where the 37 should be. And you could see that the ball was out of his hand, or it was never in Taysom Hill's hand at that point. But in your sheer and utter idiocy, you just said it was the 37, forced Matt Rule to waste a challenge, and uh, waste some of our time. What? do you? Did you do this because the NFL told you because the game was going too fast? I don't know what it is. Like, sometimes there's incompetence, and sometimes there's, no, there's no way you weren't conferring with them. Isn't that a thing you can do? If that's not, really? Y'all better fix this. It's inexcusable to see just stupid, constant officiating mistakes every single day. We saw it later. I know that this is about the Saints game, but I need to go on a little bit of a rant about... Because, you know, as a Saints fan, we hate officiating, but what we really hate is inconsistent officiating. And I'm hating it on the other team because I think it's stupid and I like to be consistent. It's the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Outside of two minutes, Cardinals, uh, you know trying to run the clock down. It's a run, and it's fumbled. The ball is fumbled, but the referee says, no, guy was down. He was down by contact. Inbounds. Replay was gonna... uh, The replay showed that that was not true, that the ball was coming out, no limb was on the ground, the hand and feet were the only two things that could possibly be on the ground, and nothing else was. There was no elbow, no knee, no shin, forearm, whatever you want. It wasn't on the ground. And the ball was coming out at that point. So it's a pretty clear fumble from replay. However, it's outside of two minutes. The Cowboys had no timeouts. They could not challenge this. And worst of all, it couldn't get reviewed. Because for some stupid reason, the NFL does not allow for an automatic review of potential fumbles if they're ruled down by contact. In college, you actually can. In the SEC, at least, if they think it's a fumble, they can buzz down and say, hey, wait, look at this, at any point. A coach doesn't have to waste a challenge. And they do it. And then they overturn the call. Yes, even in the SEC, with the terrible officiating they have, they at least have something that works. It should be simple. The idea of a sky judge makes so much sense. We have all this technology to watch football games and get every single angle. We should not be missing pretty blatant calls like this one and force a head coach to waste a challenge. So, rant done there. Let's get on to the defense. The Saints defense is kind of playing out of their minds. So, 
They allowed 10 points early in the game. They did not allow a single point for the last 43 minutes of the game. The last 43 minutes of the game, they held the Panthers scoreless. That's kind of crazy. Um, and they were mauling the team. Uh, you look at the Panthers. So they had 170. Yes, that's an eight. 178 total yards. Uh, Sam Darnold finished 17 of 26 for 132 yards and one interception. The Panthers net uh, 90 passing yards. They had 90 net passing yards uh, because, well, Sam Darnold got sacked seven times for 42 yards uh, and fumbled. He also fumbled. Uh, I mentioned that earlier with the 13-yard line. Yeah, Cam Jordan kind of killed in this game. I don't know what happened to Cam Jordan, but he just randomly decided, what if I play like Defensive Player of the Year right now when my team needs me the most? And so he did it. He finished the day with at least three and a half sacks. Um, how many sacks did he have? Yeah, he had three and a half sacks. Um, you had Quan Alexander. He was in on that half sack, I think, maybe. He had a half sack. You had P.J. Williams. He had a whole sack. That whole sack, by the way, was the forced fumble. Um, you had Jeff Heath. He had a sack. And then you had C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He had the game-sealing pick and he had a sack on, like, another drive. Or I think it was that drive. What I do know is this. C.J. Garner-Johnson was playing damn well. Um, he mentioned that after they scored those 10 points, um, or they allowed those 10 points, the Saints defense allowed 10 points, um, that they just went over to the sideline and they were like, okay, we're not letting this happen anymore. Like, it was all about passion. It was all about playing hard. And that ended up working out. The Saints defense, after giving up those two uh, scores like they were on fire they were playing like someone had done something to them and they took it personal and it was insane to watch it and the Panthers began by running the ball really well on us and they kept running the ball pretty well on us but they finished the game with mediocre rushing stats they only had 88 rushing yards on 26 carries. That's 3.4 yards per carry. That's the baseline for me. Like I said, 3.4 is the baseline. That's barely the baseline. In fact, I'm double-checking to see if that even is the baseline. It's not. That's rounded up. So not even 3.4 yards per carry. It's 3.38 yards per carry. So it's not enough to get you a first down. No, it is enough to get you a first down. Either way, you get my point. It wasn't that many. We stuffed them in the backfield when we needed to. We got sacks when we needed to. Um, we got the pick at the end of the game to seal it uh, on a terrible pass. Um, it's not like Taysom Hill shouldn't have thrown a pick. He nearly did. It was dropped, which was funny. Um, but, like, Sam Darnold, that game-sealing pick was dreadful. Like, the ball was going one place. That one place was C.J. Gardner-Johnson's chest, and uh, he he just said, okay, and took it for free. It's awesome. So, yeah. Um, What else is there to say about the defense besides they were playing decently after the first 17 minutes when they started to shut them down? Um... 
I don't know. DJ Moore, like, he was supposed to have this big game or something. Then he didn't. No, let's... By the way, you look at the the receiving stats, and they are... They're a thing. Um, Ian Thomas led Carolina in receiving with 33 yards um, on three catches. But other than that, DJ Moore had 29 yards. Um, Amir Abdullah, he had 31 yards. I mean, we really shut them down. Like, it was good defensive play. It just took us a little bit of time, but then we started pressuring Sam Darnold. Um, picking up the runs because they were running pretty well on us until they weren't. Until we kind of started to stop them. Uh, and instead of them getting like five, six yards of carry, no, it was like two. No, it was swarming. You felt the presence in this game of uh, Demario Davis and Quan Alexander being back. The defense looked like it was back to what it had looked like against the Bucks, against the Jets. Uh, every game that those two guys play, that kind of fierceness, that tenacity on defense, you finally started to see it, where they were going to come after you, you were not going to be able to, like, handle it. I mean, hell, the one that DJ Moore had, that uh, that drop he had where the ball was clearly in his hands, Paulson and Debo was about to lay the wood on him. Like, if DJ Moore catches that ball, Paulson and Debo knocks his ass to the ground, and I don't think it's a catch anyway. Because either the ball comes out or his feet aren't in bounds. But he dropped the ball to save himself because, yeah, he heard footsteps. This team is so good. Oh my goodness. And we didn't even have, we didn't have Marcus Williams in the game. And he's one, he's like the hardest hitting guy on the defense. In our secondary, at least. Like, I mean, you got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you got P.J. Williams, and he can lay the wood. Paulson and Debo can do it, but Marcus Williams' one main thing is, I'm going to knock you into next week. Deal with it. Some guys actually do deal with it, and that's his problem, because he doesn't wrap up, he just hits you. And again, that's why I said he's like Roman Harper, except he hits a little harder. Which is a good thing. Because if he hits you hard enough, it's not going to end well. I'm sorry, dude's also a ball hawk and he's also really stupid fast. We can go on and on for days. I'm going to have a field day. But I don't think I need to do that because I've been talking for far too long. Anyway, yeah, this thing's already gone to nearly 30 minutes. So I will instead wrap it up by saying this. We have a shot at the playoffs. Week 18 is coming up. We got a shot at the playoffs. We have to beat the Falcons and hope that the Rams beat the 49ers. If that happens, the Saints are going to the playoffs. They are the seven seed if that happens, and we will um, we will be facing the Rams. So we would go to L.A. or to Inglewood, technically. And then after that, so basically I'm mentioning this, so we would not be able to play the Buccaneers in the playoffs unless it was the NFC Championship. That's the only way that could happen. Because if we beat the Rams, we'd go to Green Bay. And if we beat Green Bay, we'd face whoever else. But this is going to be it. We have to win this game. If you don't win this game, you're out of the playoffs. The Saints and the 49ers are going to be playing simultaneously. So we're not going to really know unless the Rams game ends a little early. But 
you know, it's the Falcons. They've beaten us once. Let's not let them beat us again. There are people again. There's some Saints fans who are like, we'd be better off losing this week. I'm, I'm sorry, you'd be better off getting swept by the Falcons? How would we be better off getting swept by the Falcons? Let me just ask you, in what universe are we better off getting swept by the Falcons? And letting them have the satisfaction of beating us twice? No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. When has that ever been a good thing for the Falcons to beat us? It's never been a good thing. Why would you want them to... Why would you want the Falcons to beat the Saints? We get to go into their stadium. They already can't be in the playoffs. They want to ruin our chances at the playoffs. We would like to beat them senseless. Look, Cam Jordan would like to have a word with Matt Ryan about how much uh, he's been on his feet recently. Um, and he will make that conversation very personal. We will... I just want to see us win, and I want to see us dominate them. They beat us too easily last time. They came into our house, and they beat us. And we're not going to let that happen. We're going to go into their house, and we're going to slaughter them. That's what we got to do. Maybe not on offense, but the defense is a... The defense is going to play with some feistiness. It should be pretty healthy. We should be pretty healthy there. Hopefully McCoy is back and the offensive line can get healthier so that we can, you know, play the Falcons better. But I just can't wait to see how many times Matt Ryan goes on his ass. Is it one? Two? Three? Four? Who knows how many times Matt Ryan's going to get sacked? But Dennis Allen wants to do some things to Matt Ryan. And they're not going to be pretty. We want to make the playoffs. I want to make the playoffs. What what does it benefit us to have a losing season? We're not going to be getting a great draft pick anyway. Win or lose. Might as well get to the playoffs and have a chance to ruin someone's season. And that someone, by the way, is the LA Rams. Yeah, we get to ruin the season of the LA Rams. Now, wouldn't it be nice to go into Los Angeles... And beat the Rams in the playoffs. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice to get some revenge? It would just be so sweet. And go to Green Bay then. And go into the frozen tundra. And see what we could do there. Maybe maybe show them that we're still good. I got no hope. We're playing with house money. Let's ride this baby. Until... We got to stop. Let's enjoy what we have. This might be the last game Dennis Allen coaches for the Saints before he takes a head coaching job. Let's just enjoy this. Let's feast on these Falcons. Yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode of the two-point conversion. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Uh, I'll probably have another thing out tonight. Uh, We'll see about how that works. What with the whole, it'll be a trailer. Uh, Yeah. So, if you like this, please share it with other people. If you want to find me on Twitter, find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S, P-O-R-T-S. And until next time, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the Two Point Conversion. Hope you have a fantastic week. And until next time, bye-bye.